0: Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised.
1: Here we go, Barflies. (laughs) We're back with another episode of the Barfly Tailgate Show. You already know it's live. It's done by Barflies, for Barflies, and all the other Bears fans out there. And look at this fucking crew to start your Sunday morning, right? Ryan Badgley, Badge, Eldo Gondia, the man, the myth, the legend, joining me this morning. What's up, everybody? Uh, Man, Justin Fields, Eldo making his first start for the Chicago Bears on this beautiful Sunday. How are you feeling this morning, Eldo?
0: I am feeling great. I got to tell you, man, listening to that theme song uh, just ripping through on a Sunday morning gets my blood boiling, fired up for Chicago Bears football. I am so hopeful that the Bears are going to make a great debut with Justin Fields as their starter. And um, I got to tell you, last night, Dan and I, Dan Aguirre, who's going to join us in a little while, we went to the White Sox game, and they severely disappointed us. They got their asses kicked, and it was such a boring game, but we had a great time at the ballpark. Progressive Field is a great Venue to watch a baseball game, Uh, but uh, we we were, like, looking at each other saying, hopefully this is not a bad omen. (laughs) So, But there were a a lot of uh, Chicago fans there, and they were walking out and saying, don't worry, guys, we'll get them tomorrow, meaning Bears are going to get them tomorrow. So uh, we're really hopeful that this is going to be a a great start. It's going to be challenging. You and I were talking before uh, we went live here. It's going to be a great big challenge, but uh, hopefully the Bears are up for it.
1: Yeah, I, I think, uh you know, you look back at last week and, and you see Dalton go down and, you know, I think my reaction is, OK, we, we've, we're prepared for this. We've got a kid. Let's let's get him in and let's see what he does. And, you know, you you look you look at how he performed last week and and you see some things that show he's a rookie quarterback who is inexperienced in this league. And he's going to have some things that he has to – there's going to be bumps in the road. You, you look at the other rookie quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. These guys are struggling as well. This isn't a league you're going to come in and have a ton of success right from the jump-in. You look at Peyton Manning through 25 interceptions his rookie year. But I think the thing that stands out to me with Justin Fields is you look at him – and, and I saw a video shared yesterday on Twitter of him back at a camp with Trevor Lawrence and, and these guys from when he was in high school. He mm-hmm. dominated that camp. Mm-hmm. And, and there were guys like Richard Sherman there that were like, wow, this guy is, this guy is, a, is a player. He's a real deal. And now you're going to get that opportunity to see him today in his first start. But he's going to need some help. Uh, you know, this week, Aldo, this is really the first time he's had any practice with the ones, even going back to training camp, which in the regular season doesn't shock me as he's the backup quarterback. But in the summer in training camp, the fact that he wasn't working with them at least a little bit surprised me a lot.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the way Matt Nagy has handled this whole situation, uh, he should be criticized for it. And I know that when Dan jumps on. He's going to lead the chorus here on how Nagy has screwed things up with his play calling and player personnel decisions. But you're absolutely right. I mean, there should have been, you know, um, a lot of us were saying you should have handed the job to a quarterback uh, who can help you win now. And that a lot of people believe is justin fields because his skills are better suited for the type of personnel you have around if you don't have a really strong offensive line you need a quarterback with this capability and so why wasn't he getting you know at least 50 percent of the snaps with the number ones and uh and maybe have a real camp battle between dalton and fields that didn't happen and so uh, Fields was denied the opportunity to work with number ones at, at a higher percentage than he did. And so, yeah, he, he's he's been at a disadvantage. You know, going into last week's game, we, we saw that there, there was, you know, the, the most disheartening thing for me was when he made those two penalties, uh, those uh, illegal, illegal motion offsides penalties, whatever they're called, you know, because we've heard so many times, that he doesn't make the same mistake uh, again. Well, he did yep. it twice in one game, right? Yeah. But, you know, he would have been much more comfortable, of course, if you, if he would have had, you know, more snaps with, with the number ones. And so now that he's got a week of full preparation with the number ones and he's mentally set that, you know, this is my job, because I'm, 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 I think that's a big part of that. It's not just having mm-hmm. the physical reps with the ones, but it's also knowing from the beginning of the week that I'm going to be the guy uh, in there. That should help his performance a lot um there's going to be a lot of new things that he's going to see the defenses uh from the defensive coordinator from the browns is going to throw new looks at him trying to try to confuse him and stuff and so hopefully he's going to be up to the task to pick up blitzes and not make the same mistake that he did against buffalo when he almost had his head torn off he he uh, failed to pick up that blitz and you know you know that they're going to send in uh four or five guys and that sometimes he's not going to know where that pass rusher is and so he's got to recognize those things quickly make quick decisions get out of the pocket use his legs you know that's one yeah. of his strengths use his legs and, and pick up yards i'm not telling people anything new you know but right, these are right. the things that have to be reinforced
1: yeah i mean we you know was we were talking off 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 air although the the thing that that I, that I brought up to you was that I think, uh, you know, I'm not as concerned with Justin today as I am other facets uh, of the team uh, defensively They rebounded after week one last week um, put a great performance last week. My, my pick for defensive player of the year, Roquan Smith uh, was absolutely electric last week. Uh, you know, first interception for a touchdown. We saw all this stuff during the week, but can they put back, put together back-to-back weeks uh, uh, of that? You know, we've we've heard all off-season and throughout the season, the start of the season, pushing, turning the ball over. Well, they had three in a row last week, mm-hmm. and you know that, which is great to see. Um, it, it brought back those memories of you know those 06 teams and the '18 team. You know, with Roquan that got running down the sidelines and guys going, come on, come on, follow us, you know? And, uh, I just, I think the defense maybe found its stride, uh, but I'm a little bit concerned, you know, and until they can put back to back together, it'll be interesting to see what happens today.
0: For sure. And, uh, I, yeah, I saw Joe's uh, comment here, yeah. uh, saying that perhaps we're just not ready for fields are, O line is not ready, not many weapons. Maybe they're just trying to protect them. Uh, I don't agree with that, but maybe that's Nagy's position. And I think that, you know, they are, you know, trying to bring them along slowly. They're definitely following the Kansas City Patrick Mahomes model, Uh, but that's out the window now. You're, you know, your Alex Smith, Andy Dalton is out. And so he's got to be force fed. The one, one of the characteristics about Justin Fields that is undeniable is that he's a tough kid. He's stoic. He's he's he can take you know uh, 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 criticism. He can take uh, mistakes. He he's he's going to continue to fight th- through. You know, uh, I hate to bring up Mitchell Trubisky's name again, but Mitchell had softer skin, you know, and and so he yep. would dwell, dwell too much on a mistake that he made and and so forth. That doesn't appear to be Justin Fields at all. He's he's going if when something bad happens, he's going to jump back in there with even greater determination to make things happen. So, yeah, I think that the bears were trying to protect him, and, uh, and you're going to see a lot of schematics, a lot of play calling, a lot of, uh, of things around him to make things easier for him. You're going to see plays called over and over and over again. And we might be critical of Nagy afterwards saying, well, why did he keep calling that? Well, because fields, you know, probably was very comfortable with that. And, uh, They 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 wanted to kind of limit what he's doing. So, um, but I I have a lot of hope that he can uh, really really uh, show us something good. And and that means throwing the deep ball, escaping the pocket, running that RPO to perfection. Those are things. Those are three things right there that he should excel at almost immediately.
1: Yeah, Chris Watts here just said too. I'm I'm worried about how Nagy's going to call the plays for Fields. Um, you know, that's, that's always some concern. I mean, we, we've over the course of Matt Nagy's tenure, you know, there there's been, I mean, I, I gosh, I'm, I'm so tired of questioning the guy. I feel bad that I've just, uh, <laughs> piled on and piled on and, you know, it's, it, uh, he's, he's a great guy. He really seems like a great human being, but you look at, the way he handles his press conferences and then the way things happen out on the field. And, you know, his comments this week about Justin, well, there's things that we're still learning. Well, that, that makes me a little bit nervous because you had this guy as your number one quarterback on your draft board, right? You get him in here, you get him to rookie minning camp, you get him to the OTAs, you get him to training camp. And those are the times where I think you're supposed to really start to learn and figure out who your quarterback is. And yet now because you're playing him with the ones because you didn't in the preseason and training camp, you're just starting to see some new things.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: a little bit concerning to me. You would think with the tape that's out there on him, they would already know uh, things that they may have not known, although.
0: Right. You know, it, it's. you're absolutely right about Nagy. He seems like the kind of guy you want to have a beer with. And by the way, a shout-out to my man, Ryan Billings. He, yeah. uh, I saw him last night. Uh, we had a couple drinks together. Uh, he was in rare form. He is uh, getting ready for this Bears game, and I can't wait to see him again later. I also hung out with Aaron Current uh, and his lovely wife, uh, Mallory, had a blast doing some doing some drinks called uh, Lick My Pussy was, was the name of the drink. <laughs> and so uh, she she bought uh, – Aaron bought a round, and yep. uh, we tasted it. And we're like, whoa, this is great. And uh, and Dan, who doesn't drink much, he goes, yeah, I want another one of these. <laughs> so, I, so I go over to the bar to order another round, and I go, hey, can you make me five more of those uh, Lick My – and then she goes <laughs> – We'll see everybody in the bar is looking at me, but it's a really sweet drink, but uh, we, we downed those and had a great time last night, but, uh, uh, I think we were talking about Maggie. Yeah, he is, he's, he seems like the kind of guy you'd want to be buddies with, but there is sort of a, uh, you know, we're still learning, I'm still learning, you know, I've got to do better. And it's like, yeah. dude, dude, you know, you've been here long enough where we, we need to stop hearing that, you know, we we want to a, co- a coach who is in control of the situation, who is no longer learning, but executing. And uh, I understand that there's been roster turnover because, you know, this or that and so forth, but th- 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 it, this has got to be better. It's got to be better mm-hmm. by now. Um, you know, Dan and I ran into uh, George McCaskey yesterday. He was wearing a mask, so at first we weren't sure it was him, but I, I'm absolutely certain it was him. And I wish I would have pulled him aside and said, okay, come on, talk to me. Give me some answers. What what the hell's going on with right? this head coach? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, I got to run into him my last time at Soldier Field as well mm-hmm. for a game. Um, but it was, you know, more photo op kind of, you know, Mm-hmm. uh thing then getting really to chat or whatever because there were so many people and you know whatnot but I, I think he would be on, you know I think he would be honest I I, I you know he doesn't seem like the the, the type of guy to not um mm-hmm. taking last year's end of season press conference out of that mm-hmm. um but oh my gosh I I just at some point somebody's got to get in front of Nagy and just be like listen stop trying to give info that you shouldn't be giving and just straight answers. Like, yes. Oh my goodness gracious. It's he's, he's a little bit ridiculous from time to
0: time. Right. Well, here's a perfect example. You know, he's asked about Eddie Goldman. Are you frustrated with Eddie Goldman? And he goes, no, we're not frustrated at all. Bullshit. Come on yeah. you've got to be frustrated with him everybody in chicago is frustrated with him the fact that he sat out last season because of COVID concerns fine he's he's allowed that right but now i mean we're uh into the third game of the season and still no signs of eddie goldman we you told us matt nagy that he was day to day if, if he was day-to-day, then wow, how come he didn't even board the plane? In fact, Matt Nagy said he was a game-time decision. He didn't even board yeah. the plane. So how's it going to be a game-time decision? Is he driving here now? So this, that's ridiculous, you know? You're absolutely right, Badge. One of the most frustrating things about Matt Nagy, at first, in that first season, he came off as being a candid guy, you know? That he was yeah different than uh, uh, John Fox. But maybe this is a Ryan Pace thing that he tells his coaches, I don't want you guys giving out information because he has changed now. And it's very, very frustrating for us Bears fans. We don't want him to give away a competitive advantage with any information. But at the same time, Saying that, you know, Goldwyn is 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 uh, not ready to go. It doesn't look like he'll play this Sunday. And uh, we, we need to, uh, you know, and, and we're frustrated by that. Hey, brother, how are you?
2: Sorry I fucked up and overslept. Oh, it's all right,
0: man. You're all set up over there. Put the headsets on and we'll bring you in. Uh, right here where the Coke is? Yes, you got it, man. I got you all set up. I got a big gallon <laughs> of Coca-Cola for him because uh, he doesn't drink uh, coffee. Dan Aguirre just got out of the shower. You're gonna see him with his hair dripping wet, um, and uh, and he's got some words for Matt Nagy too. So <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna
1: I, I'm I'm gonna bring Dan on and 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 we'll let him uh, get right into see look Matt at that Coca Cola. What's up, Dan?
2: That's my coffee. I don't like coffee, gentlemen. And uh... <laughs> what's up, man? I'm 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 happy to be with you all.
1: Yeah, man. I'm happy to to be on with you, man. And uh, you know we were just talking about Matt Nagy. And, Ugh. uh, you know, I know to, to have you come on right off the jump and get right into it, but
2: I've been you know, awake like 26 seconds, but yeah, we, I, I'm ready. <laughs> Go ahead. What do you got? For me?
1: Yeah. Well, so, you know, our, our conversation just led to just the decision-making his communication with the media and how you look at the Eddie Goldman situation, which Eldo had just so Ugh. eloquently brought up. Why wasn't Eddie on was IR pointing up this week?
2: Yeah. Well, if he's going to miss 3 games, you put him on IR, then you activate another roster spot. Maybe I maybe all this isn't exactly planned for him, but it just seems like there's always something like this where you have to question his decision-making. But more on Nagy's actual decision-making within a game is what's more maddening to me. Aldo and I were talking about this for, like, fucking five innings yesterday in the White Sox game because the White Sox were so bad yesterday that we just, like, let's just transition to the Bears. And, uh, like, think about last week. If you all have already talked about this, I apologize because my ass overslept. Like, Andy Dalton's playing well. He goes down unexpectedly. You bring in Fields. Clearly, Nagy had a play sheet, his little Denny sheet, as Waddle well, and so we say, for <laughs> Andy Dalton. But you got an entire halftime, and he still can't make an adjustment. The plays that he were calling, there's no wa- waggles or bootlegs, or certainly not no. enough play action. It's like he was still calling the plays for Dalton because he makes his game plan on you know Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and he's Ill-equipped to make any adjustments when things happen. It would be like today. I dressed, you know, in bare stuff, but I, I, it was supposed to be sunny. But if we saw, well, oh, fuck, it's actually raining. We may adjust what we wear. Well, Matt Nagy wouldn't. He'd have no idea how to make an an adaptation to something on the fly. But I'm sorry to take all the time. Go ahead.
1: No, no, you're you're fine, Dan. Trust me. I, I mean, I, I'm. I said to Eldo just a few moments ago. I said man, I've just been nothing but nasty to Matt Nagy, you know, since I'm for probably two years. And it's like, jeez, I feel so bad, you know. Don't feel bad. Let me ask you a
2: question. Let me ask you a question. I know you're the host, but let me ask you a question for real. All right. So we're into year four of the program. Other than Mitchell Trubisky's six touchdown game, can you think of a game where the offense excelled in any time during this
1: tenure?
2: I seriously can't.
1: No, no, no. I we we talked about this two weeks ago. Uh, basically, said the same exact thing. Have you? Can you pinpoint another time other than that game where this offense, when it was called by Matt Nagy? Now I'm I'm taking out the Bill Lazor section of right. the games last year where they've succeeded to that point, point. and they have not. They have. But yet not he still pounds else. his chest. That he's an offensive guru and is still
2: quietly arrogant. The only difference between Nagy and John Fox is John Fox will look you right in your eyes and say, You're a fucking idiot. Matt Nagy will be like, You're actually very smart and smile. <laughs> but he thinks you're an idiot. That's the difference.
0: So, Dan, if you had the opportunity to uh, sit face to face with Matt Nagy, what would you tell him? What would you ask him?
2: Uh, I would be completely respectful because that, that's just decorum. But I if I like what could I ask him a question as if I were in the press. Yes. Oh, God, that that's hard because like you don't, I mean, if you got 30 seconds, you can't just come out. We can't be one of these guys that say, well, you should have asked this when we know you can't ask that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you literally could have a sit down interview with him, I mean, I guess what I'd like to ask him is, I uh, would you specific. Cause you can't just say, it seems like, you know, so I would maybe focus on the last week, week two action and say, Coach, why, why do you think it's uh, when Fields comes in? It's, I keep saying it seems, it appeared that the play calls, it appeared that the play calls still favored Dalton's uh, abilities as opposed to Fields. Um, what, what is your reaction to that or something? Like, I mean, I'm sure he would be dismissive, but it, it, you can't, you can't just be an asshole to him or you wouldn't get any press access, you know? Yeah. Well, right.
0: how about if, if a reporter said, you know, I, I got a question on behalf of the fans, many of whom are upset and frustrated with your That's play calling one. and with your decision-making uh, during the game. What can you say? Because the fans are kind of fed up with you saying, you know, we've got to do better. We're we're learning still Uh, all of these kinds of excuses. What would you say to these fans who now have sat through your coaching for three years, three plus years? What would you say to these fans to convince them that there are better days ahead? Something like that, you know, because that's perfect. Yeah, because I think the reporters are really the voice of the fan, but I rarely hear them preface a question saying on behalf of the fans because that kind of gives you the ability to say almost anything. On behalf Jason of the Leisure fans, would say that. Yeah, right. <laughs> on behalf of the fans, why are you a fucking asshole? Excuse my language.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you think about it for at a lower level, because this is the goddamn Chicago Bears, a team that's been around over 100 years now. let's say this was a high school coach and his offense started when the kids were freshmen and they were seniors. Now this shit wouldn't fly at the high school. I mean, literally the high school would be like, man, your group of players, they were freshmen, they're seniors now, and they still aren't excelling. It's on you. I swear. I think that that's true. And and, and definitely lower level colleges. I don't think.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, he would be fired, man, for real.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing what – well, I so it's amazing what I see in Chicago and then a little bit – and I'm going to not be as harsh on my Syracuse Orangemen because they did come away with a win on Friday night. But it's very similar, the Orange and Dino Babers and the Bears and Matt Nagy to me because you, you look at both of these teams and the offense struggles – and I mean, the defense week one wasn't good. They rebounded last week for for the Bears. Hopefully, they can come out and show a, another good performance here as well. Um, but they're the they've been the strength of these teams for a number of years, and the offense has yet to come up to the level of the defense. And what's the freaking cutoff point here? Because it's year fucking four in this goddamn fucking stupid ass offense that we've been hearing for years. Well, it takes three years to learn. Well, then you look at the fucking turnover at the wide receiver position this year alone, and you're like, well, anybody that knew what they were doing is gone other than Alan Robinson. Well, Darnell Mooney in year two, but you got guys like Marquise Goodwin, Demir Byrd here now. Uh, you know, it, it, it's... When when is it gonna come to fruition where we see this team like a Tampa Bay putting up thirty a game? Uh, you know I don't what even want that. Kansas I just
2: team. I just want an offense that's capable and competent. Like, give us a top fifteen offense. Make make us sixteen. You know yeah. we're we're always what 30, 31, 29, 32. It's yep. just like, bro, just give us something. <laughs> you know the. The point that uh, we were making last night, too, is uh, – fuck, I just lost it. I, I go ahead. I'll come back to it. <laughs> I um, well, I'll throw well, this uh, one up here
1: from uh, Joe O'Donnell about uh, Dino Babers. Uh, I, I kind of agree with this, this comment. We beat Clemson in the Dome, and <laughs> next thing you know, ba- Babers has a five-year extension, and we've done nothing since.
0: Uh. (laughs) well and what's interesting is that he comes to chicago he being navy and uh he's an offensive guru so and he hardly had anything to do at all with the defense and the defense was phenomenal in 2018 phenomenal i mean he would sometimes pop its head into meetings you know he would talk to Vic Fangio a little bit but he basically had an agreement with Vic Fangio the defense is yours I'm going to focus on the offense and then as time has progressed he's gotten a little bit more involved with the defense and the defense has started to suffer so is it you know is it true that maybe everything he touches turns to shit so we have to question (laughs) that we have to ask that Because it's not looking pretty for this guy. He really – Matt Nagy really needs a big victory today on the road here in Cleveland, and he needs to then come back to Soldier Field and – Take care of the lines. Yeah, and and get out to a nice 3-1 and record and to instill confidence in all of us. I I was telling Dan yesterday that somebody on on Twitter uh, said – asked a question, will fans stop – will fans – Uh, apologize to Matt Nagy if he turns things around and gets this offense going and then my reply was apologize for what what you can't uh, uh, reverse all the mistakes he's made in the past we were right to criticize those mistakes now if he starts making good decisions and starts leading this offense to prowess then fine. It's not, yeah, we were wrong. No, he finally is right. That's that's the deal here. And so Matt Nagy needs to lead this team to victory. And hopefully also the, the other big peeve that we have is is his candor or lack of candor you know dan before you got on we were talking about eddie goldman and you know he was day to day really he's been week to week he was a game time decision he didn't even make the flight those are those are either fucking lies or he's a fucking idiot so maybe
2: that's pace because like we were this is very similar uh especially with jenkins to kevin white so Mm -hmm. like the bears have been lying ever since ryan pace got here But the point that I was trying to make a minute ago, but just was inarticulate about, was we were talking about this last night. So Matt Nagy's final game with Kansas City, they lost at home in the playoffs to Mariota and the Titans, and that gave us Nagy, unfortunately. But think about this. Tennessee goes to the second round. They don't exactly, like, look terrible the next week. I think they had New England, but they lose. They fired their coach. -hmm. After they've gone to the second round in the divisional round, if Matt Nagy wins a fucking playoff game here, oh, we've got to keep him for six seasons. (laughs) You know, it's like the Titans, and I'm not trying to shit on Nashville because Cutler would want to fight me over that. Um, But Tennessee's not the Chicago Bears. I mean, come on, you're a prolific franchise. The Titans can say, that's not, he's not good enough. He got us in the second round. He's not good enough. We're hiring Mike Vrabel. Why can't the Bears do that and say, look, this guy got us in the playoffs two out of three years, but he's not good enough. He's not going to get us where we need to go. Now, I hope that's wrong. I hope at the end of this season I'm like, oh, man, they knew what they were doing. I'll put my foot in my fucking mouth and be like, I was wrong. I hope I can say I was wrong. But it doesn't appear that I'm going to be wrong, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that you're going to be either, unfortunately, Dan, because uh, I just I, I'm i to the point with him where I, I don't even know what to say anymore because I feel like I've said it all, you know, week over week. I feel like I try to avoid the the topic because I've just spoke on it so damn much over the course of his time that it's like. Are people sick of me bitching about this guy yet? Because I'm I'm, I'm kind of sick of bitching about him, to be honest. <laughs> I,
2: don't, I don't even listen to his pressers anymore. And I yeah. used to love the press conferences. You know, you just felt like you were getting more coverage, more Bears talk, and that's always a good thing. But I've been avoiding his press conferences because they're always the same. It's the yeah. same four or five-minute soliloquy about whatever he wants to talk. It'd be like in a presidential debate. If they asked you a direct question and you're like, I uh, remember there was an SNL sketch years ago where they asked Palin some, uh, with Tina as Sarah Palin, they asked her something and she's like, Well, I want to talk about taxes. And like just went on some completely a, on another rant that had nothing to do with the question. That's what Matt Nagy does. He just uh-huh. shifts whatever to whatever he wants to say. And then you think, Man, he just gave me a three minute answer. He must have answered the question, but he didn't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like what R.A. said here. I don't think Nagy has that cutthroat mentality. Uh, but when is the last coach the Bears had that had that cutthroat mentality? I think there's some truth to that. The more and more I think about it, you know, we, we're, we've been seeing uh, the Bears hire coaches who mild-mannered, you know, and with Trustman, Trustman had kind of a corporate philosophy. You know, he had all these corporate terms like toolbox of concepts and, and stuff like that. They're trying to apply business pr- principles to the leadership of a football team. And it's two totally different things. Well, didn't
2: America do that with the president last time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can okay, get away no, it's from politics. Sure. That's all right. <laughs> but it,
0: it's like football is a, is a game where you're leading alpha males. And so you need to go in there and be tougher than shit. These guys usually respond better to a coach who is not their friend, look at Bill Belichick's uh, 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 record of winning over the last whatever years with New England Patriots. He knew, he was never buddy-buddy with anybody, and not even Tom Brady, according to Tom Brady's father. So, yeah. you know, and and so there is something, you know, the Vince Lombardi's, the Mike Ditka's, the George Can I add to that, Aldo? Please uh, do.
2: Uh, the Dallas Cowboys of the early 90s. Uh, if you listen to Aikman and and those guys, they talk about you know they won the two championships with Jimmy Johnson, and then you know he's forced out or left or whatever the story was with Jerry Jones. They bring in Barry Switzer. Disposition is completely different. Jimmy is the Ditka type. He's on your ass. He's Bill Parcells. Jimmy Johnson is uh, is Bill Belichick, like you're saying. And then they bring in Switzer, who's not trying to be your friend. But Switzer is like, look, you're a grown man. Do your fucking job. And but he's hands off. And Aikman says that, you know, they won that other championship with Barry, but it wasn't because of Barry. It's because of their talent. But they never got back there because they needed Jimmy Johnson's leadership. And it's not a swipe at Barry personally. They liked him. Mm -hmm. But his uh, coaching of just kind of leaving you to yourself had everyone slipping into bad habits.
0: Yeah, I think there's uh, that. That's an excellent a- example. You know, football is a totally different animal. You don't. You don't coach like a dad. You don't coach like a, like a counselor at a camp. You know, you've got to. You know, have a, a, an iron fist control over these men to get the absolute best out of them. You got to push them like they have never been pushed before. This is pro football, man. This is mm-hmm. this is different. And Matt Nagy just, you know, it seems soft. Even Bill Walsh, who, you know, Mike Ditka would criticize and saying, all right, he runs a finesse offense. Oh, you're the genius over there. But Bill Walsh was a tough as nail son of a bitch, man. He he, he he you don't see him on the sidelines joking around with players, coddling players. He
2: benched no. Montana in a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> That's right. Against Minnesota. So, so
0: yeah. So I think, you know, and, and it's a shame that the Chicago Bears, who, who who have this tradition of hard-nosed football coaches, have with two of the last three coaches, and Trustman and now Matt Nagy, have gone this kind of corporate way. And with John Fox, I think John Fox is just over the hill. You know, he did some good things. He changed the culture in the locker room. He, he, he toughened guys up a bit. Uh, he brought the defense back to respectability after those terrible trustman years. But, uh, you know, he still wasn't the answer. Um, and Matt Naked doesn't appear to be the answer either.
2: And Lovey in himself was, you know, again, mild-mannered, but it just felt it feels like he's still capable of talking shit, even if he's not saying fuck you.
0: Uh-huh. Like, Lovey's, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Lovey's still saying, like, man, they're not giving us respect, boys, you know, and, like, <laughs> if we could still fire the guys up. Like, what, what do you think Nagy actually says to inspire hope or, like, that mindset that's us against the world or whatever fires up professional men? You know, like, what's Nagy saying? I can't imagine a pep talk for Matt Nagy.
0: Well, it's it's, it's like 4,000 focuses. Be you, guys. Go out there and be you.
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: They, I mean, his, the video from their win last week uh, that the Bears shared on Twitter just creeped me out of Nagy at, at the end of the game. What? 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 That's what defense is. And I'm just like, <laughs> it was, it seemed so forced to me. I was like, yeah. I, I don't believe a freaking word. This guy is saying to these guys right now. And somebody tell me, please a player. Tell me you, you, you believe what, what, what came out of his mouth from the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. I just can't, I just can't believe it. I just, I just can't fathom it. I just can't.
0: Yeah. Hey, uh, I'd like to have uh Dan talk a little bit about uh, because he's he's a fountain of information and historical knowledge. And last night during the baseball game, Dan was sharing some of the first starts uh, for Bears quarterbacks in history. Dan, can you can you, can oh, you call for the audience? Yep. You know some of the first starts.
2: I was thinking, well, you know, Mitch lost his first start on Monday night against Minnesota, and now granted, you know, that's not on Matt Nagy's watch. To be fair. Right. But uh, nonetheless, he lost his first start. Um, now, Jim McMahon did win his first start against Detroit. But other than that, I mean, Rex won his first start against Minnesota. But, I mean, it didn't necessarily go well, like we said, for Mitchell Trubisky. It didn't go well uh, for Cade McNown. It's just like whenever we get our next big thing, historically it's been a, a disappointment early on. So that kind of scares me as we – look forward to Justin Fields in a few hours and I mean I know he struggled last week but I really blame that on the coach for his inability to adjust I just hope that we can have uh, our guy make his first start and just be exuberantly happy later about like how great he was I'm worried because typically that doesn't seem to be the case uh, with the Bears
0: Mm Mm-hmm yeah, I you know I, I said earlier Dan that uh, I, I've just been going back and forth where I'm really hopeful that the Bears will play well and win this game, but then I'm, I'm also kind of worried because of the inexperience that Justin is going to bring into this game, and we have seen it in his in his play. You know the the uh, preseason game where he fails to pick up a blitz and his helmet is knocked off; he could have gotten seriously injured. Uh, the two penalties uh, last week, the interception thrown. You know, it, it's it's and it's been a again. Tough Nagy throw.
2: could have helped him right there. It's a third down play. You're back at your own end zone, Man, Just run the draw there. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe yeah. Mon- maybe Montgomery breaks it because he's having a hell of a year so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a good second season as well. So maybe David Montgomery does something special there. But worst case scenario, you punt. And your mm-hmm. defense is having a hell of a game, so just go with it. With the exception of Duke Shelley, the harsh exception with Duke Shelley, <laughs> which I'm worried about today, because Cleveland is going to target the hell out of whoever's playing nickel, whether it's Christian or Shelley. Yeah. Uh, Buster screens on the street, man. He can't do any worse. So I would bring Buster back. I'm for real.
0: Well, that's an interesting point, uh, Badge. What do you think about Dan's idea of giving a call to Buster Screen and say, "Get your ass into Alice Hall right away."
1: I'm okay giving a call to anybody at this point, you know, I mean, you know, Duke's a great guy, you know, uh, he, and, and, and the times last week, you know, he just gets turned around. I mean, that's, he, he, he's, he, his feet get crossed up. He gets turned around and he ends up making the tackle, but it's after the ball's already been caught. The guys run around, you know, and I, I, I would definitely look at bringing in Buster Skrine, uh, you know, any even if you got to move Vildor out there or inside and bring in a free agent off the street. Prenta Kamara is
2: available. I would bring him back <laughs> yeah, first. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: You oh, know, uh, it's just, uh, uh, it's so frustrating, you know, because.
2: Or maybe you put Artie Burns outside. Yeah, uh, and but they, then... they
1: had all these other guys in camp on the roster. Not one of them was okay enough to, to hold down this nickel spot. Not not at all. I mean, not it was Duke and Marquis Christian were the only other options. Xavier Crawford wasn't an option. Uh, the the Trey Roberson, or I think Roberson may have gotten hurt again. I, I can't what about the Graham about
2: guy? That. I think he's on a practice squad, right? Yeah, What's yeah. His name? Well, Thomas and, and Graham
1: or something. Thomas Graham, but he right. was a draft pick, but he didn't show very well. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he he didn't play his senior season, so he he essentially missed two years. He's missed two years of football in
0: essence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that concerns me about this game is, well, we know that Jarvis Landry is not going to play, but the Browns uh, have been using the tight end in the passing game uh, considerably, and they've got three pretty decent ones, Harrison Bryant, uh, Hooper, Hooper, and David Njoku. And so they're going to uh, have those guys try to uh, – Line up against a Duke Shelley and and use their body. I mean, Shelley. One of the things that Greg Gabriel keeps harping about Shelley is that he's so small and he doesn't oh, like yeah. small slot corners, and so uh, you better believe that Baker Mayfield is going to be targeting those big tight ends when they line up across Duke Shelley, uh, and I think they're going to move Odell. Um, who Ryan uh, Badgett uh, informed me earlier today that he's a definite golfer today. So they're going to line him up against those slot corners too. So there's, they're going to they're going to run the ball a lot with Kareem Hunt and Chubbs, and they're also going to exploit those matchups. And so the Bears defense better get a pass rush going. They better stop the run. Uh, if not, it could be a long afternoon.
2: Now, on my side, the camera kind of froze up for a second. Did you mm-hmm. say that, one of the tight ends is, uh, was it the old Falcon that's with Cleveland now, Hooper?
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, it is that same guy. Oh
2: my yeah, God, yeah. he remember he killed us uh, uh, yep. just a couple of years ago at Soldier Field. He yep. had about like an 80-yard touchdown on the Bears back in what was that? 2000. It was opening day. Mike it Glennon's game. Yeah, Mike Glennon's 17. first start.
1: Yeah, I was yeah. there.
2: Oh, man, remember Mike Glennon actually led the Bears down, had a first and goal from the five, and, of course, we didn't score.
1: Oh, yeah, I was sitting right in that end zone. And Howard dropped the touchdown
2: in. on third down. Yep. That would have been the go-ahead. Mike Glennon could have had that magnificent comeback in his first start. It wouldn't have amounted to anything, but whatever.
0: No. Dan, you're absolutely right. He had 128 yards receiving, and he scored a touchdown. I just checked out the stats. You yeah, like, so that guy's a
2: Bears killer. He's kind of like uh, – if you had chlamydia in the past, and the girl comes in and tells that, you're like, I don't want anything to do with that. You know? <laughs> Not that I've had that. I just, uh, you
0: you I, haven't? I really haven't. I really haven't.
2: <laughs> I've been fortunate, I guess.
0: Uh, oh man, I, I you know, I, I think we've we've talked a lot about the negatives. What are you guys feeling good about uh, today's game? You know, let's let's get some positivity going. Justin on here.
1: Fields. Justin Fields. Uh, I, I think that's the biggest thing for me is, uh, you know, seeing him come out with a full week of preparation and, and how he looks with, with Alan Robinson and Darnell Mooney and Montgomery behind him. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I think that's the thing you have to be excited about. I think the defense, um, as long as it can play like it did last week, I I don't think you know, we'll have much of a concern uh, as long as they're, you know, they show up and which I think they will. Uh, but you got to be excited for Justin Fields. I mean, we've never had a quarterback like this in the history of this organization, 101 years. And if you're not excited for this game today as a Bears fan, I I don't know that
0: we can help you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And David Montgomery. I mean, uh, the yeah. guy, is breaking tackles at an incredible rate. Uh, So even when the line isn't uh, run blocking as well as we want them to be, he's still getting positive yardage. And so uh, it was great to see him get 20 carries last week. I wouldn't mind seeing him get 20 or 20 plus today. I think they're gonna use that RPO uh, a lot. And so Montgomery and Fields, I think that between the two of them, we could see 150 yards rushing. Um, And I think it's time also for Allen Robinson to catch that deep pass and and, uh, uh, don't don't make that terrible draft. You look at Justin Fields' numbers, and they would have been drastically different. Right. uh, If he makes
2: the catch, if Robinson makes the catch, then you're looking at a, a huge increase
0: statistically. Yep. And then on on defense, hopefully, uh, you know, Dan has promised that he's he'll put a moratorium on Khalil Mack uh, criticism if he if Mack goes out and has a good day today. If right. Mack would <laughs> just have a game
2: that like we expected him to have when we got him, if he had a game like you know two sacks, a forced fumble, or something where you're like, man, he changed the game today. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. Like I want to cheer this guy. I've said that mm-hmm. so many times. I want him to be as good as he was when we got him Mm -hmm. and he hasn't been that way. But, you know, we have to, again, lie about it and say, well, he's been triple teamed on every play make these excuses. It's like we're, Mm -hmm. or or to use a political analogy, it's like, you know, he's our candidate. So we have to just cover for him. And Mm -hmm. and that bothers me. But in terms of positives today, uh, historically speaking, if Fields ends up being who we think he's going to be to sort of channel Dennis Green there, (laughs) Um, that we're going to say, you know, five, six, seven, eight years from now, like we were at the game, the Justin Fields, his first start came in. So that's a very cool moment. uh, And, and it's sort of surreal, but in terms of positive other than fields, I mean, you've got a shot to be two and one find a way. And that's positive to have a winning record Uh, coming out of week three, going home with a chance to be 3-1. and But if you're talking about specifics, I mean, you could have Danny Trevathan back pretty soon. Uh, Someone said in the chat room, where's Tariq Cohen? We asked that last night too. I don't know if Cohen's going to be back. It feels like his injury was way worse than they let on. Uh, and He's had two surgeries apparently. They've lied about that. So um, I don't know. Uh, Other positives is the defense maybe can sustain what they started last week. Perhaps Duke Shelley, if he's at corner, will have a game under his belt and be better adapted to make some plays. Do we know if Gibson's playing today at safety?
1: Uh, I, I don't it, think they've released the the actives and inactives, but he's he was doubtful uh, most yeah. of the like. As so of does the that give us Houston Carson or Bush? Uh, that would be Houston Carson, I think.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a huge fallout. I don't know if you want Houston Carson to be your starter. But for one game, I think he can get us through it, you know?
1: the Bears 85 said he is out, that Gibson will be out.
0: Oh, wow.
2: So, that's Uh, enough. So, the secondary is going to be exploited today. I know we all think Cleveland's going to run a lot. Cleveland's going to take some shots. And Mayfield uh, is the quote-unquote gunslinger, which is such a cliche. But that dude – could, is very capable of throwing three touchdowns and, and three interceptions. So they're going to take some shots, man. They're going to take some yeah. shots.
0: Which is which is something uh, on the Buffon 55 show, uh, uh, Jared Mueller, who covers the Browns for brownswire.com, said that they are anxious to get Baker Mayfield going with the deep passing game and so that – now, with the Bears' defensive back troubles, uh, this might be the game where they're going to try it, and with Odell Beckham being back. So it's going to be uh, interesting. I, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if on the first series, Baker Mayfield tries to go deep on the Bears to test out that secondary, and hopefully they're up to the task. I'm a little worried about that. What do you so think here we we'll go back sc- to the negatives. <laughs> what do you think is the best
2: scenario today for the Bears if you're writing a script? for us to forget who wins the coin toss because they defer. But is it better for the Bears to get the first possession? Uh, and maybe, even if they don't score, maybe have a little drive with Montgomery and then punt from maybe midfield? Or is it better to have Cleveland get the ball first? Because it kind of scares me if Cleveland would get the first you know, shot at it and then go down straight down the field and score, it almost feels like that would almost be a knockout to Matt Nagy because – His bullshit offense is sit down seven. Well, that might be insurmountable for Matt Nagy, especially. And when the defense gives up an early score, it feels like they lose all confidence. Yeah, you know, like in the Rams game when the Rams suddenly just light them up. It's like they don't know how to stop it. You know.
1: Yeah, I I I love getting the football. You know, like I I want my offense to to set the tone. And I, you know, I know a lot of teams, they want the ball coming out after halftime, but, and I hate to use this freaking analogy because everybody uses it and I hate it, but I want to come out and punch somebody in the mouth. And I want to do that offensively. I want my offense to get the ball first and come out and show that, Hey, we're ready to go. And then if my, you know, my defense, my defense has the, uh, the opportunity to be, you know, as, as, as good as they were last week. All right. Well, we just marched down the field and scored on you. Now try doing that on this defense who had four turnovers last week, but let's see how that goes.
2: But
0: we're going to get Edwards
2: back today too. So that should even help more.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: More pressure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, one of the uh, one of the things that I I think is going to be key to this game is Roquan Smith's play. You know, he had a phenomenal game last week. Uh, it was Jalen Jennings who uh, Jalen Johnson who won the uh, player defensive player of the week, right? Uh, I, I believe in the NFL. I think he was named the NFL defensive player of the week or the defensive back of the week, whatever. But okay. Roquan Roquan Smith was uh, equally. Uh, um, deserving of getting honors. And so he's going to be lined up against these tight ends too. And so I'd love to see him come up with another pick and have a, you know, an incredible game. I think, you know, again, trying to look at some of the positives here, Jalen, you know, I almost wish that the bears defense wasn't so always strict about playing their corners on one side of the field and, and line up against whoever I would love to see, jalen just follow odell beckham wherever the hell he is i'm going to be on yeah. you all day dude you are mine today he's our top corner i don't really want to risk odell beckham against kendall vildor or against duke shelley i'd love for them to adapt that system but i'm not a football coach but just as a fan i mean i don't i wonder why they don't do that they got there's 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 clearly a big disparity between uh Jalen and the rest of the cornerbacks why not have them on their top wide receiver 100% of the time? I don't get that. So KB
1: wants some fantasy advice here. Should I <laughs> sit Lamar Jackson and start Fields He's or but I mean Lamar's playing Detroit so uh you know I I I'm going to run with Jackson here and then he said and someone call AC. I I don't know uh, I don't know if he's alive right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I, did I say this story on the air, I don't remember or not, but AC uh was at the bar last night and uh buying drinks. The uh and, and yeah, he, he's probably hurting a little bit right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <yes. laughs> he this was is already a great question from uh Jeremy
1: four or too. What's with the NFL ignoring Roquan? I, I'm I I just don't understand it. This guy is the top echelon linebacker. With the most storied history of linebackers in their franchise. It's because nobody respects just, the Bears uh, right
2: now. I Perhaps. you're right,
1: Dan. I, it's really what it is, I think.
2: It's because where he's at, it's because of his coach, and no one thinks the Bears can be anything but, you know, six and eleven or whatever the fuck. So yeah, I think he'll get his respect if the Bears as a team excel a little bit more.
0: He was left off the top 100 list, which is a list that's compiled by players too. I think it's the players that vote on that. Yep. So, it is interesting that even his peers didn't think he was uh, uh, worthy of being on that top 100 list. So, uh, maybe Roquan's going to be playing with a little bit on a, a, of a chip on his shoulder this year. And uh, as Dan and I were talking last year's, uh last night about his contract status, you know, thank God there's
2: a fifth year option.
0: Yep. <laughs> Exactly. So, but because he's going to demand some big, big bucks, and he's deserving of it. I mean, the guy. And we've uh, got to oh, find a way to pay him. Period. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Goodbye, Jimmy Graham. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
2: Toodles>. Someone <laughs> said in the chat room a few minutes ago. Uh, well, we've said it. We we've all all Bear fans have said it uh, or thought it. Like, well, if Graham's not going to be utilized at all, then why did we let Kyle Fuller go again?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good
2: question. Doesn't it feel like Nagy, if he's using one – like, let's say Montgomery would get 20 carries today. It feels like if he's using one toy, one player, or like if it's Allen Robinson who's highlighted or whatever, then everyone – else it's at the expense of everybody else. Mm -hmm. It's like he can't fathom an offense where everyone is involved. Mm -hmm. I I don't understand that. Why why is it if Allen Robinson has a good game today or David Montgomery that – Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham can't also catch passes. Why can't Darnell Mooney catch passes? It's mm-hmm. like he highlights one player and he's like, Well, guys, it's not in the game plan to get you involved today. So you're not yeah. going to catch anything. Yeah.
0: I think they scheme against other teams' weaknesses, and perhaps they, you know, thought last week, for instance, against the Bengals that the tight end wasn't a good matchup. I don't I don't believe that myself, but I, I'm just trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. But it is uh, that whole tight end is interesting. I know on Buffon55 this past week, he was ranting against, you know, why do we have so many tight ends? Why is Jimmy Graham still on this roster, et cetera, et cetera? And I, I challenged him. A bit, but I, I, I think he's right in how can you not, as a player personnel person, and Ryan Pace and all of those people who are involved with player personnel decisions with Chicago Bears, how could they not forecast that Jesper Horstead was going to be en- uh, good enough to make the 53-man roster, thus making Jimmy Graham expendable and therefore allowing the team to use those millions of dollars of Graham's salary towards a Kyle Fuller or towards wh- whatever you wherever you can use those dollars. I think that's another knock on the player personnel. Decision making decisions that have been made by this team. You have to look at a Jesper Horsted and say, you know what, this guy is ascending. This guy could be ready. Let's take a chance on him and let Graham go, and let's try to, uh, you know, pay uh, Kyle Fuller, uh, uh, you know, on on this uh, 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 option year that he had. So it it didn't work out. But again, I my biggest peeve with this entire team, and I have a lot of them, but my biggest peeve is that. Ryan Pace in his time here in Chicago, what is it now, seven years? He has never developed a 53 man roster that doesn't have gigantic holes. And when at, at the end of when they got down to the 53 man roster, he and Matt Nagy were bragging about the depth on this team. Bullshit. You got no fucking depth at no. the slot corner. You don't even have a starter at the slot corner. Right. You you know, you don't have depth at the left tackle position. You were lucky that Peters is out fishing and that he has shown up and has played uh, uh, adequately enough. You, you, there's uh, There's been areas in, in this team year after year after year where there's not any depth. And then they have to gall. To brag about the depth this year, that, that's just another fabrication, another lie that they have spun throughout. The for, uh, The tight stands. end
2: room uh, does you know look on paper like to be very impressive to me.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: the reason that I don't have a problem, honestly, with Graham being here is that he does still have some skill. He can catch 8, 9, 10 touchdowns. But it's up to the coach to have him in the situations to, to achieve. Right. It, again, it feels like Jesse James, uh, I saw him in Pittsburgh, was it? I mean, I don't know what he really did in Detroit because it feels like I don't know if he's there one year or two years. But in Pittsburgh, the guy has really good hands. He had toughness, but once more, he's not on the field. Or if he is, yeah. it's for one player. but it's like these guys have talent. It's up to our coach to use them, and I don't think he knows what the fuck he's doing. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to keep saying that, yeah, it's- but it's that's the that's the thesis of the day is that if everyone on the offense has this skill, it's up to him to utilize them, and I don't think mm-hmm. he knows how to do so.
1: Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I know you guys are going to want to get to head to tailgating and uh, and all that stuff. We've been on for an hour. So why don't we do this like we always do here? Uh, let's do some score predictions. And, uh, Eldo, I'm, I'm going to start with you first. Why, why don't you give us a score prediction for today?
0: Um. You know, I, I, I'm i going to play the optimist this morning, despite all the negativity that we've been shouting. But I, I do believe that the Bears can come into Cleveland here and upset this team. Cleveland has um, – they played down to the competition last week against the Texans and uh, were able to win that game, but they didn't. They didn't play as well as people expected. They lost against the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL. But I think that there's still a lot of questions with this uh, Browns team that uh, that the Bears can overtake them uh, if. Primarily, they've got to win that line of scrimmage. Their offensive line has to stop Clowney and and Miles Garrett. um, And uh, on the defensive line, Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn have to do what they did last week. If they can win the line of scrimmage, I think that the Chicago Bears can win this game by a score of 27 to 24. And Justin Fields, I really believe he's going to make some mistakes today. He'll probably maybe he'll throw a pick or for some kind of a turnover, but I do believe that uh, Matt Nagy is going to let him go. There's going to be planned uh, running plays for him. He could get 50, 60 yards rushing and throw for 250 yards, which would be a great debut for him as a starter. But uh, as long as the Bears come come out with a win, I don't care what the score is. I don't care what the individual performances are. I want to win today. I want to drive to Chicago with a smile on my face. Dan told me yesterday that if the Bears lose uh, uh, today, oh. that that drive to, to West yeah. Virginia is going to be miserable. <laughs>
1: yeah, for real. Well, let's get uh, let's get your score prediction, Dan.
2: All right, I'm. I never going to tell you that the bears are going to lose. I mean, even if I think in my heart of hearts that they're the underdogs, I'm going to come up with a way that makes it seem plausible that they can win. So I'll roll this at you today. Let's say Cairo Santos kicks four field goals because our offense typically struggles because of Matt Nagy. All right. So I'll go with Santos hitting four field goals. The offense Getting a touchdown at some point, maybe the defense gives them a short field. And at the end of the game, Fields leads the drive to score. The Bears win 26-24.
1: Oh, all right. I'm actually, so I was the negative guy the first two weeks of the season on this show. Um, And I picked against the Bears, which it is very painful to do. Uh, but this week, uh, as I said to Eldo when we got on this morning, uh, I I have a different aura, uh, a different feeling today, and uh, I think I, I think that the Bears are going to come out today and put an entire game together for the first time in the Matt Nagy era, offense, Woo! defense, special teams. And I'm going to give Matt Nagy some credit here, and I'm going to say that this team scores 31 points and beats the Browns 31-17 today.
2: Wow, that would be tremendous. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I, I, I want to go in the other room and beat off thinking about that.
0: You know, right <laughs> yes. Yeah, make perfect. sure Make sure you close the door. <laughs> yeah, shut the, shut the
2: door. <laughs> hey, That's perfect. perfect. Someone asked here as a King Pookie Nation if I'm driving to Chicago Friday. No, that's Saturday, but really Saturday. early Saturday morning.
0: Yeah, so I hope want to, to be there you, Dan, Saturday. So, yeah. evening. I got to say this real quick. Uh, uh, Dan said that uh, he's been to two games where the Bears three. had a. Three games where the Bears had. No, two games where you, the Bears had a 14 point lead. No, the,
2: the, they had a 14 point lead in three games, but in two of those games, they led 17 3. Like, so if they lead seventeen to three today, it's gonna kind of like, oh no, this has happened two times before, and they've blown it. So,
0: so literally if, the
2: first game I was at ever, Chris Chandler threw like a seventy-yard touchdown to Dez White as soon as the game started, and I thought, all right, you know, this is my first game. We're gonna win today. We didn't win.
0: So oh. so, so if the score is Bear seventeen, Browns three. three I'm escorting Dan out of the stadium, <laughs> personally myself.
2: I'm gonna feel like I'm in in the twilight zone. Like every game I go to, man, what the, where's Ron <laughs> Serling <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, to right. say something,
2: you know, poetic?
0: Yeah. By the way, Ron uh, Billion says that he is going to start fields now after he heard what you said, Badge. So yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. Oh, but Ryan, why don't you get the advice of uh, Fantasy Football Goon? They're going to be on at 1015 Central, 1115 Eastern. It's Adam Schaum and John Mandel. They've got the expert uh, advice on fantasy football. So, so that's coming up next. And then Dan and I will be on Bear Football with Tyler Ellis. and with John. Report. Yeah, and so that's going to be about two hours after the game. So after the Bears game, usually we're on immediately after the game, but uh, we uh, are pushing that back so that Dan and I can make our way back to the hotel here and uh, do the uh, broadcast with those guys. So looking forward to that. And then Greg Gabriel's show is not going to be on tomorrow. It's going to be on Wednesday morning, uh, and he's anxious to break down Justin Fields' performances. So, so does forth. that so
2: does that mean Aldo Gondia is going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame
0: tomorrow? Yes, sir. All right. Oh, all <laughs> right, fellas. Nice. <laughs>
1: well, as we always do, as we uh, wrap up the Barfly Tailgate Show, let's end this thing with a big old bear down. Bear down. Bear down. Oh.